0: Hi and welcome to The Final Whistle. This is Kabir and you're listening to the number one sports show on Spotify. As you know, we've been having new voices on the show alongside me for a few weeks now. And I'm delighted to have with us former sports journalist Sean on the show with us today to host the show with me.
1: Welcome on board, Sean. Hi Kabir, thanks for having me. I've uh, been listening to the show since it started and I'm very glad that it's doing very well now. Thanks uh, man. You've also been on the show, right? Yeah I was on the show to talk <laughs> about Arsenal la, and, and they were in the relegation zone la. but now okay la, not so bad now and you, but you 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 lost to dipan on uh, for for an Arsenal okay, quiz. La, let's not bring all this back <laughs> up like okay? all these bitter <laughs> memories Uh anyway I was uh, I was with uh, for, uh, today for a while mm. in 2015 and that's how I got to interview footballers and you know interviewing them has been very fun i still remember uh, interviewing fundy mm. that was my first interview i think and the memory still stuck with me even had the chance to interview people from foreign football like you know arsenal and all that and general feeling doing all this is very fun and exciting and i never felt like it was work ah. so i'm very mm. glad that i know the final episode gives me the chance to do this again that's yeah. nice bro thanks thanks for coming and You're welcome bro
0: yeah and i'm looking forward to today's episode actually um, we've seen how the under-23 ruling has put some of our best young players in limbo. It's something we've discussed many times on the show, but always from the perspective of someone who is nearing the end of their career or has ended their career. Someone like Shafu Leysa and Ridon Muhammad and all. Um, but what we've not heard from, though, is from someone who is stuck in that 24-25-year-old um, to 25 year old space who has been left out due to the limited spots in the team. And I think that today's guest is definitely capable of being the well, being with most SPL teams. But because the rule has made it harder for players above the age of unity to get contracts, I think he's been hard done by. And I may be wrong, but let's find out more from him. And you can do us the honours of the introducing him, shan Of
1: course, okay. So yeah, today's guest on the final whistle is a former winner of the TNP Dola Kasim Award. And last season, he uh, played with Brescia Khalsa and he was also playing for Home United back then uh, in 2015.
2: And welcome to the show, Arvin. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? Uh, thank you guys for having me on the show today. Uh, it's a great honour uh, seeing past uh, like some teammates and some great players on this show. It's an honour to be here to share my experience and I hope we have some uh, good sharing today
0: hopefully you share Uh, (laughs) just just chill and we can I mean since
2: like what you mentioned earlier um, about like uh, coming towards the ending of your career or rather the end of your career I think there's nothing to hold back (laughs) (laughs) that's nice (laughs) Uh, so we saw you with Ballester
1: last season right so what's the situation now
2: Um, okay so uh, I was actually um, without a club for close to eight months because of the whole Warriors situation the mm-hmm. year before, so we got to know that Warriors wouldn't be taking part uh, in the season last year uh, at a very late stage uh, where most clubs were already filled. So a lot of us actually signed contracts with Warriors and also uh, to, and then we were actually like informed that the club is not going to take part and will be replaced by Tanjong at a very late stage. So a lot of us didn't have clubs, so you know. Um, we were, you know, trying to find clubs. Uh, we contacted FAS to help us out in the situation all this. So a few of us were actually, uh, you know, uh, like interns or rather mm-hmm. we were actually working at uh, FAS, like for virus, uh, uh, Amiro, and myself. And then towards the very late season of the, uh, late part of the season, like with about six to eight games left, Vleste uh, actually contacted me um, mm-hmm. to play uh, for the team because I think they had an injury situation. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Speaking to uh, Mr. Eric, who I was working uh, under FAS, uh, he told me to jump on the opportunity because I think it would actually um, give me a better opportunity to play for the upcoming season. But uh, it didn't work that way. Uh, So, yeah. So, you won't be playing in the next Uh, upcoming season? Uh, No, I actually uh, do not have a club right now. And uh, yeah, I think um, speaking to my family and also considering the situations or rather the the contract situations that every player actually faces and also uh, finishing my school uh, soon, I think um, I have actually decided to actually uh, stop my career also and mm. also to pursue other things.
0: So, you're officially retired
2: now? Uh, <laughs> officially <laughs> retired and also maybe I uh, was forced into this situation also. Mm.
1: Okay, yeah. okay, we'll come back into the situation later about your f- retirement so-called.
2: Cool.
1: Uh as always on the show. Yep. We always talk about uh the beginning of time, you know?
2: How did you start playing football? Was it a family influence? Um actually uh yeah, my dad has always been inclined uh with football, you know, uh, supporting Liverpool. So I've uh, been watching games here and there following uh, Liverpool and also like, you know, the very old school, playing under the void deck, mm. street soccer court. So actually uh, Ilias was my neighbour. Oh. He was actually staying on the same block as me. So every day it's like, uh, we start at about 4pm, 5pm, then we play all the way up to like 7pm under the void decks with like everyone in the neighbourhood. So uh, that's it, that's how it all started. And then also after moving to primary school, then there was um, like an entry cluster. So I actually met a lot of players there. Uh, a lot of past players who have played in the YG team uh, and also like some who are still playing. So there was like uh, some schools in the North Cluster who actually trained together. So that's how I got to know Coach Fundy as well, who was one of the coaches there and Coach Amin, the late Coach Amin. Uh, so there was an opportunity where, you know, you start to meet uh, players in your age group, uh, like good players in your age group. Yeah, So that was actually the starting phase. Uh. Yep. So Ilias and you have been playing for some time now, I guess. Yeah, so we, I think we have known each other for more than 10 years. Uh-huh. Then we have been playing soccer, wrestling cards, uh, <laughs> a lot of things like PlayStation. Uh-huh. Yeah, then we still keep in touch. Uh, actually, we had a FIFA session recently also uh, at one of my teammates' play. So we still keep in touch, yeah. Mm.
1: So when was it together? Like, did, Was it like a joint decision? Hey, us let's, let's make it into football. Like, like Let's make it our career or something. Um.
2: It wasn't really like something that was spoken about, but more of like, uh, you know, like we feel that it's something that interests us. And then also, you know, we have been avid uh, fans of football. Like we see like uh, players playing professionally. And then also, you know, like like what I said about an entry cluster earlier on, uh, it actually opened up opportunities for us like to represent. Like we had an opportunity to go to Vietnam to represent at mm-hmm. competitions and all this. So I think the opportunities opened up slowly and then it started to, you know, take greater heights. So it was something that wasn't spoken about, but I think it was something that we understood in, deep within. Uh,
0: you guys went to the same school,
2: yeah. So we were actually in Huamin primary school, and then after we moved on to uh, sports school. After that, so he was mm-hmm. uh, a senior, like a senior, because uh, he was one year older than mm-hmm. me.
1: You got selected to play in the Lions City Cup in 2012, uh, and you know you were part of the side that won IX 2-1. And there was Donny even de Beek on the side, right? Yeah, so
2: I, I think the Lion City Cup was a great, like, exposure to us. Like. I mean, it showed, showed us the capabilities and, um you know, the standards of teams out there, like, within our age group. So, and also, like, at a young age, at 15, 16, you know, like, you get, like, the, the like, you get to experience what it feels like a professional footballer because, you know, we had a training uh, camp together. Everyone, like, uh, stayed together. Mm. There's, like, a, st- a stipulated time for breakfast, lunch, team meetings, and then we had, like, um, psychologists coming in, talking to us, referee talks and all this. So, you know, it felt like, oh, okay, this this is what it is because um, you, you not every individual or teenager gets to experience this at such a young age. So, I think the Lion City Cup actually was a great uh, event for... A lot of players, uh, which actually opened up opportunities for some players to go for training stints overseas, and yeah, I think it's a great op- opportunity. Thanks to Red Cut for actually organizing it. Mm-hmm. When you were on that pitch for
0: that game, do you think that you, you, you guys and IX were equals? Do you think that you can? maybe reach those heights?
2: Um, actually, to be honest, maybe at that age, I feel that, you know, a lot of players, uh, like local players, we can actually match up to them because, you know, we, we played against big teams, big names like Juventus, Ajax, um, and then there's players like what you mentioned earlier, Van Der Beek, and then the... Um, nori who was a mm-hmm. very great player yeah, and yeah. and also you know like at that age you know we don't get trashed we we feel that oh okay actually we aren't really that far off like we we came back against newcastle winning 4-3 and all this so i think at that age it's something that we can actually manage but uh maybe like what i feel that as we progress to like uh older ages then we start to you know lose behind like lag behind in various ways and then also maybe there's distractions or some things that actually us off the balance
0: uh. yeah. well, for yourself what were the distractions mm. or mm-hmm. what were the things that didn't let you reach that level that you wanted
2: to? Um, for myself I think I think Coach Rafi actually mentioned about how NS everyone has to go through it mm. but mm-hmm. I think it's something that actually pulls it on because in my I mean some players have it even harder because they don't get to come up for football and all this but for me it was like a very routine thing so like in the morning at 7 I have to leave for uh, my camp then I end at about 5 5.36 you were in the army I was in police oh, so um. After that, I go to uh, training and then I come back. So, it's like a very long day, you know. You, you don't really have time for other things. Like, you you don't have time to, you know, like, maybe uh, rest for a bit. Or, like, it's like just the same old routine. So, you know, it's like a, it's like a situation where you're just doing it for the sake of it, that kind of thing. You, you like, have to go through this. this you're
0: on autopilot. Yeah,
2: so yeah. It, it was that case. And then also maybe, um like, you know, sometimes uh, players or coaches say, like, oh, you know, you have... I mean, you can actually do it after training. Like, you have time to, uh, you know, go and do some training and all this. But <laughs> the situation in the local scene is that, you know, uh, at, okay, your booking is 7 to 9, 9 o'clock the lights mm-hmm. are off. So, mm-hmm. so that's the, that's the kind of sp- situation that isn't spoken about. La. But, I mean, some places have it more difficult. Like, they don't have, they don't get the opportunity to come out. So, I'm actually quite thankful to one of my DOCs, la, my, my in-charge in my NS, uh, who actually, you know, uh, spoke for me to actually get released for training. And then, also, in terms of other... Distractions, I would say, actually, not really distractions, but how the league is managed, lah. Because one of a coach, coach actually spoke to me about how the levels of. Uh like because at that age we were actually in the prime league so you know there's very few teams that are actually very competitive i think home united was one of the teams so Mm -hmm. you don't really get very good competition so i think in that case maybe that is something one of the issues because when you play competitive sides week in week out then you know you have very high levels or you improve on a consistent level but then if you're playing one team that's very good and then the following week is a very weak team then you know your standards start to fluctuate Mm -hmm. also yeah Mm
0: -hmm. but what about your teammates um i think a lot of people were saying that um, when you play with a lot of when you play in your own age group do you think that you it was difficult for you to improve and how was it at home when home united when you were playing for the
2: I think Home United is a very competitive team and um, because they have very good players la. So I think in that case, you know, you work with for my myself I was actually in the prime league squad and then uh I think 6 months later I was actually uh, moved into the S league squad. So that actually um, opened up a lot of opportunities for me because I trained with very good great, uh, great players like Yase, mm. um Kamel Ramdani who who was like a very fit mm. old guy. <laughs> and then also like uh, Kamara and so, and even JJ uh, Abdul, all this uh, master one. So these kind of players are actually you know very experienced in the game. So mm. they teach you stuff that you wouldn't learn from someone who is you know of your age. So so I think that experience wise, you get to learn a lot from these kind of players la. And then yeah.
0: So you only played for the Prime League team for six months.
2: Yeah, I think it was for about a, uh six months, and then I was playing both sides la, for the S mm. League team. How the was prim-
0: the uh, at that time? I think it was near the end of the end of um the Prime League.
2: Yeah, I think it was how
0: was the quality there how was uh, the
2: standard home united has i think it's one of the teams with very good players they have Mm -hmm. very good standards throughout the team like you have players in all positions who are very competent and all this so i think there was very good competition in the team so i think that allowed players like myself and even other players to improve Mm -hmm. uh yeah there was no like you know day to select that kind of thing and uh, home actually have it very professional uh like things are managed very professionally so there's no nonsense like you don't get to you know play around or there's no situations where you know there's only 10 players at training or 8 mm-hmm. players at training it's like a full squad for training so I think in that aspect Home is one of the teams with very good management mm-hmm. yeah.
1: that, so that was
2: not the only time you
1: you know prepare yourself to play against Ayak during the that, those years you also won the Dola Kasim Award which meant that you, had, you could go to Mets in france and then you played with them so how was the experience like to win the award and then going there uh
2: yeah it was a very great um like a pre- something prestigious like, i mean i would still look upon that day like uh, it was a day that was very um, i mean like made, i made my parents proud and all this so i think that also uh, came back to the opportunity from the lion city cup i think it was a good platform for me to showcase uh my capabilities and all this and also um I'm thankful to actually win the award uh, mm-hmm. won the award so um yeah actually like what you mentioned we i, I went to Metz uh, a year later with uh, hazim who actually won the award the following year mm-hmm. so um we were there at uh, Metz, so we stayed at the the the, the place i mean like the they are boarding
1: was there anyone like uh famous you brushed shoulders with
2: uh, not really uh, actually Adam Sonny was there also oh, Okay, so, so he, we he was actually there so he actually was the one bringing us around and all uh. this but like what I mentioned the level of competition the level of professionalism is very high there so that's something that we took back from I think one or two weeks I will stay there because you know like the meals are prepared for them so it's a very professional regime nah, that you follow mm. like you know everything is professional like you have uh, your trainings and even the competition, everyone there is very competent. Like everyone wants to, you know, like what Coach Rafi mentioned, everyone wants to come out from that. Like they want to make it big because that's mm-hmm. their only way out, that kind of thing. So you have players from all over, like like the Middle East coming to mm-hmm. Mets and all this. So um, I think that was a very good opportunity. Like it raised our levels. And uh, also like for me and Hazim, you know, like we know that the competition is very high. Like we are playing against players who... Don't give you time on the ball, that kind of mm. thing. So that's something that we don't have it here. Like, you know, sometimes in local scene, like, players feel very comfortable. But then over there in Mets, like, you know, you get closed down so quickly. Then, you, mm. you know, like, younger players are even quicker. They are, like, so you learn a lot from them because of the coaching styles and also the way of playing. And everyone is very physical there. Like, uh, you, you can see players who are even smaller than you, but the way they protect the ball, the way they get, like, spin off you is something that we that we learn from them, actually.
0: Was it ever a possibility that you they would sign you on a permanent deal? Uh, like?
2: no. Actually, I think me and Hazim we were there just for like a training stint. Uh, like it was more of an exposure to what mm. it, things were there. Yeah, but I wasn't really
1: seeing all this and like experiencing all this. You would have felt like, "Well, this is when I, this is when I think I can go pro or like you know."
2: Mm, yeah. Correct. Uh, okay. So at that age, I think. Um. Uh. I mean to be realistic I think it was more of like an opportunity to learn but coming back and trying to maintain that kind of level for Hazim and myself so and also maybe move around in the local region and yeah that was actually the aim uh, at that moment because we actually learned something and then we wanted to maintain it but then then again we were still taking part in the prime league at that period and then like what I mentioned earlier like you know you don't have very uh good competition on a weekly basis. So, you know, like after playing that kind of high level, so you come back and then the following week you're playing against like maybe some some teams that are weaker and then like you know, you start to drop again the counting. Mm. Yeah. So it's very hard to maintain that kind of level, I feel, yeah.
0: But then when you say that, but there are other teams that are also good and also can compete with you guys, right? When when you were in the Prime League. Uh was it was be... it so bad that everyone like week in week out okay let's say this week you you're going against um let's say Geelang. I don't know I don't know how the level was then but Gilang and then suddenly next week you another yeah, I team think right? because some of the teams right but like, like uh, okay so
2: like for still example, competitive eh? no um, not really I would say so. I think the more competitive teams were maybe Geelang, home United, and all this but I think at that time if I'm not wrong there was Woodlands and all this so mm. like you know the competition wasn't really very competitive like on a weekly basis la. so there are teams which are like giving you good competition
0: so it's like one or two and then yes. threat. Oh, because there was okay, only so okay
2: to be honest there's only what, seven to eight or nine teams maximum at that mm. period so there's there's only this much that can you know fluctuate la, within the mm. levels of the competition yeah
0: so is it's, it's either you stay in the prime league and then stay at that level or yeah. move up to some something like that la. or another the senior team la. yeah correct
1: so during that period when you came back was it time to enlist already did that, did that like endure your process of uh,
2: uh, yeah so actually bef- after I came back I was actually uh, in the, the Singapore Cups team so I think Ruki actually mentioned about it before mm-hmm. this so yeah and then also after that I, I moved, on to Home United first, uh, moved into Home United first um,
1: why didn't you continue with the NFA
2: okay so like uh this Singapore Cups team was like a, a team where players who didn't move into Young Lions mm-hmm. um who, they made up a team just to keep the players that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a team to keep these players like not going out in, of the system. That, um, Duki mentioned. Yes, that. correct. I think he mentioned it in the show before this. So, so it was like not here, not that kind of thing. So, after that, they decided to disband the team. So, everyone like were looking for clubs and all this. So, uh, I got the opportunity to move to Home United from there. Then, I was working with Coach Bernard who was the primary coach then. Mm-hmm. And then, after that, I slowly progressed into the athlete team uh, with Coach Philip towards the like, middle or later part of the season. Uh, then, I enlisted after that.
1: Yep. Mm.
0: So so it was during that time that uh, Coach Philip gave you your chance mm. to um, play in the senior team without the under twenty mm. three rule, right? Uh
2: yes, actually there was no under twenty three rule mm. back then. So yeah. I think uh, how how was that for you? Like knowing that your coach is
0: your your coach believes in you and knowing that you are good enough to mm-hmm. actually
2: move to that uh, that team. I think it was a eye opener because you know like at that moment like because I think uh, Noor Rahman was actually injured during that period so mm. he called upon me and then I was uh, actually on the bench for the first game I, I was on the bench it was uh, uh, I think can't really recall the game but uh, I was on the bench which I think we lost or something then after that, the following game we played against uh, Ballastia mm. at Isshun Stadium so like, I mean, it wasn't really the biggest scale, but something mm. that I think I was quite nervous about then, um, you know, like you do not want to make mistakes. Huh? That's a common thought for a lot of players, like, you know, on their first debut and all this. So that was something that, um, you know, was going through my mind. Uh, but then again, uh, it was something that also like told me oh okay coach philip actually uh, has the confidence to play me mm-hmm. there so i think he sees something in me and i i need to you know carry on that fit mm-hmm. like to like to show the team and show the senior players that i am competent enough to be in this team in this squad so i think we played against balester and we won 4-1 if i'm not wrong so um, i mean winning a first game your debut is always um something to push you on further to you know to achieve more and something that actually continued to spur me on to continue like to continue with the mm-hmm. games yeah
1: So we we need more coaches like Coach Philippe, you would say. Uh, Because he's he's brave enough to give you chances.
2: Yeah, I think Coach Philip is one of the few coaches who I've seen who actually plays uh, young players without having the fear of, uh, you know, like, oh, maybe what if this player makes me lose? That kind of thing. So I think he gave a lot of young players opportunities to play. uh. Like I think Shairan Miswan, who's not playing anymore. Um, Amir, who was also quite young uh, before this. I think a lot of young players actually came about uh, under coach Philip Lionel Sharin, Sabrin who's at mm. Paga now, so a lot of players actually came through the, the youth that coach Philip actually encouraged uh. yeah, so, so uh, yeah and also one of the things that were great with him was that um, I think he's a coach with good uh, tactical and technical uh, um, like he has this expectation mm. like he's not those like you know like a lot of teams that you see nowadays like they don't really have like a team tactical like you don't have mm. build up play but at that moment um With Coach Philip, I think... Because I like to play out from the back, that kind of thing. So, like, Mm -hmm. the way that the team worked also allowed, like, players like Yase, Kamil, who comes to receive the ball and all this. So, it was a very good, uh, like, something that I liked because I prefer to play that way. So, you have players coming down to play and and it's something that he encouraged also. Yeah, so I think that way it was a good thing. When you
0: moved to the senior team and then when you played at Mets, was the level about the same or was it still... Still higher than I the, think, the Home United senior
2: team. Um, okay, in terms of physical, I think maybe it's probably around the same area. But in terms of intensity-wise, like the speed of the game, mm. um, the speed of players like mm. moving, the speed of play I think is still higher in overseas lah I mean they have very quick game lah like you need to really adapt to it even when you were there as a an, an academy right. trilist yeah so even at the academy like I think I was actually training with a, a, <laughs> a group who were younger than me actually okay. so I was actually 18 so I was training with, we were training with the under 17s lah both uh-huh. of us even at that age like you know they are very quick you know sometimes like before you even turn to like close them down they're already off there so the intensity of game is I think still very fast at overseas okay, so uh, youth level that yeah. you were playing at Mets. Yeah.
1: Give us a picture like h- how different different it is from the youth level to the senior level that in, that is in Singapore. Like let maybe out of 10 to 90% h- how different it is.
2: In terms of... 90, 90%
1: today, being like the highest difference, you know. As in
2: from youth to... Yeah. The, the, yeah. Okay, maybe I would say about 50 to 60%. Difference. Wow.
0: <laughs> 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 what about youth to... Um your line city club uh, city club team to yeah, Mets yeah. Ah, yeah how about
2: that um <laughs> so we very interesting if you said seventy to eighty <laughs> percent i think in terms of because, because you
1: obviously want them to one right so, yeah, yeah, so I think in that case um
2: I think it depends on the coaches that you work with for so long because mm-hmm. at that time we were actually working with this coach uh, called Dejan Glusovic mm-hmm. so this coach actually has um, been a professional footballer so he's like a no-nonsense guy like even things like taping up and all this like he doesn't like it like he's the kind of guy who wants you to dominate your opponents mm-hmm. so it's like what Coach Rafi mentioned earlier like you know you you have to win the battle before it even starts so when you train with these coaches right you are um, trained to play at certain intensity so the players that I work with like Amiro Ali and all this like like, everyone plays very quick. So, like, we didn't really feel very different. So, I think it hon- honestly boils down to the coaches who actually, the, mm-hmm. the kind of tactics that you play with. La. So, when I trained with this coach, um, everything was quick. Like, we had certain team styles to play. Like, you know, the cutback and all this. Like, if you watch the games, there's a certain way of play. And everything is quick. Like, he doesn't like you holding the ball too long and the counting. Mm-hmm. So, when you are trained this way, like, you, it becomes a habit. So, everything moves quick. So, I think in that case, it wasn't really a very big difference. La, because maybe in their home like I would say like when you train at Mets um, the build up to it like you know the players like they, they go in very prepared like before training you can see them you know like they are every, everyone's getting into the mood that kind of thing so I wouldn't say there was much difference between the Lion City team that I played in and, in Mets but yeah like what you asked earlier maybe in like the local league generally and overseas I think there is some difference so after Home United you you went to Young Lions is, is this correct? Uh, yes I was actually in my NS so, uh, I was in Home United and then, yeah, actually I moved into Young Lions after that then did you feel like the level went down even further or did it improve <laughs> by any chance Um, I think Young Lions were having a rough patch at the time la, with coaches changing in uh, and out so uh, the team wasn't really doing well if I'm not wrong but I, I also actually uh, faced an injury during that period la. I was having a meniscus injury and all this mm-hmm. so I wasn't really actively involved on the pitch la, but I was doing rehab and stuff like that so I didn't really get to experience much, but there was a lot of um like like the rough patches in the teams are like players going in, out, that kind of thing, coaches changing in out, that kind of thing. So things weren't really very sturdy there.
1: Okay, so now that you are without a club and because you're turning twenty five, is it because of the whole under twenty three rule do you find it harder for yourself to get uh, find a club right now or?
2: Um yeah, I think Okay, the this rule um actually has been here like like uh around for like three to four years lah. So you know I didn't really feel it much when I was an under twenty three player la. But then again, um you know like I think some some previous guests have actually mentioned about how under twenty three players actually you know like they don't really compete for the spot. Like it's just like okay as long as I'm the best under, among the under twenty three, I'll be playing that kind of thing. But uh at Warriors I think. Uh, a f- there was three of us who were actually like you know I mean some players like not all of them are actually not competitive like some players like you know they want to prove their point like mm. they don't want to like like senior players to actually feel that oh this player is just here for the, the sake of it that kind of thing so like some players you're actually quite com- competitive like, like we want to win that kind of hunger so I would say that as a player myself you know I, I'm not here to just you know like just go through the motion just end of the month take my pay that kind of thing like I want to play that kind of thing I've always been brought up by coaches who actually you know like are very competitive so for myself I think that during my time as an under-23 player I was quite competitive but then again moving on I think you know like what Farid actually said also there are players who you know just want to be there for the sake of it kind of mm. they don't really you know like compete or they kind of thing so actually a lot of these players are actually signed on part-time basis also mm-hmm. so like you know there are students and all this Like I am, I'm also a student but then you know like, I try to make it a point I, I rather I, to be honest I don't really skip trainings also, like, because you know as a player who you know like start games and all this you wouldn't want to miss trainings because mm-hmm. you know like for myself I feel that if I miss a training you know I, I'll start to you know like dip in my form and all this so I always make it a point to attend trainings even though I have school like maybe if I have to leave slightly earlier from class I still come for trainings because I know like it's a build up to the weekend's game so yeah and then moving on to your question also like um, I think yeah the under 23 rule has actually um, you know shortchanged a lot of players la. not just 1-2 but Several players, like even like um, some good names like uh, Zoufami and all this, mm. are actually left without a club now. Uh, Hafiz, who were actually with me at Belasay also, so there are actually a lot of players. Even from my batch, I think there's only a handful playing. Maybe Adam Adli and a few others, but there's a lot of players who actually um, are left stranded without clubs, or rather forced to, you know, like in a situation where okay, I can offer you this pay. You want to take? You take. If you don't want, you don't want. So like. As a player, that's the last situation you want to be in. Uh, mm. Because, you know, like you have worked hard your whole like like time sacrificing a lot of things and then coming to a situation where you are left in this spot. Uh like, you know, you want you take, if not, it's okay, we can look for someone cheaper, that kind of thing. So like some I think that's not the right way to go about it now. Uh, because, you know, you want to be competitive. Like you look at Lion City sailors, you know, like they have very good management, they have welfare, good welfare and all this. So as a player, you wanna enjoy all this. You know, you are working hard on the pitch and all this. So when you come off the pitch, you wanna enjoy this kind of welfare. But then, you know, like for players who, like, you know, you are, you're expecting them to take back $800, $500, $1,000, but you expect them to play, like, um, week in, week out, you know, so it's not the right way to go about it. Lah. So, for cert- certain players, like, you know, like I have teammates who actually we spoke about, like, they are still playing, but, you know, they are left without a choice, like, alama, if I don't take this, then I got no club. Or mm. if I want to negotiate, i scared they don't take me. Because you're at that
0: age that where you're looking for a job, you're looking for a career. And yes. So the next few years of your life is going to be the most important years of your life. Right? Yeah, without so money...
2: Without money is... I mean... I've been a, in a situation that was very funny lah, because, you know, like talking about pay and all this and mm. they ask me, oh, what's your commitments? Uh, do you have a girlfriend? Do you pay for your girlfriend when you go out? The
0: so, that they ask when... Yeah, like, exactly. So,
2: these kind of things, I don't think you... I mean, if you're going to ask as a team manager or whoever, are you going to ask Bayaki this question? Uh, do you yeah. have a wife? Do you have a house? Mm. Uh, do you pay for the house? Do you have a car? I mean this is out of the picture la. I mean so what, we, like every, for every question okay 100 Yeah, no, so no, 100. I mean that's a very ridiculous situation <laughs> la. I think it's something that like took me back also but then again you know at that situation like you don't have he a was club was at which club? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, maybe you speak about that outside okay. but, yeah. so I think it's a situation la. you know like what the heck, man? Like, you know, I've been I'm not a player who don't like value add into the team. But then you're asking me this kind of question, giving me this kind of pay. Mm. You are starting me week in, week out, playing every game, and then like you you treat me like this. So and then also coming towards the end of the season also, like as a player who actually played every game. Um I mean, because I, I didn't really um play for almost about a year. So coming back, I think I did pretty decent. But then so I actually had hopes of, you know, continuing. Mm. But then like, oh, um, sorry, uh, we won't be keeping you because uh, we are looking for loan, players who are being loaned out from Lion City.
0: Mm, okay.
2: So I actually got this and then I was like, and then the coach could even tell me that, oh, don't worry, you're actually in the good books of the uh, management, all this. Yeah, I, what I was does that thinking, mean? yeah, exactly. So if you're telling me that I'm in the good books, then why are you not signing me? Yeah, the
0: good books are going to put dinner on your plate. Exactly. As well as...
2: So the kind of things that people tell you, uh, are <laughs> tell you like, I'm not a kid, I, I'm not uh, a 15-year-old kid. Mm. You tell me, oh, okay, is this going to boost my morale? I'm like... I, uh, just cut the bullshit like, uh, if you don't want to sign just say you don't sign then you have even forcing players like you know players, some clubs actually sign players on two year contracts and all this so they tell you that uh, sorry you we don't want to keep you but you just cancel your contract that kind of thing mm-hmm. so like you already signed a player and then you mm-hmm. you know young players you can actually push them you know manipulate them so there are players who actually have been manipulated into um or cancelling their contracts that kind of thing
0: Didn't,
2: like yeah, right they, after yeah, signing so or... there, there's like one year left in their contract so Mm. it's not being honoured but the player actually sort of like resigns so they just release you so they don't have to pay you any compensation or stuff like that also why not but your contract is yeah so that's the thing like you wouldn't do it on a senior player because you know what's going on Mm. but you do it on a young player because you know that they are vulnerable and they're probably gonna like just listen these are things that you've experienced yourself or Uh, things that you've seen in your I've seen in my time as a footballer, like
0: has it happened? Uh, does it happen a lot in in all the clubs that you've been uh,
2: at? Or? I'm not sure about other clubs, lah. But the clubs mm. that I, I have actually been in, let me know all the clubs s- that you you played at. Um, maybe the recent clubs, <laughs> la. Recent mm. clubs <laughs> Our oh, clubs, <laughs> plural. <laughs> 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 yeah. So actually, I I mean, as a player, it's quite frustrating, la. I mean, mm. you know, to be left stranded in this kind of situation, then you are going texting club. You know, like. Or you are like asking clubs, uh, do you have any slot? Then they like tell you, okay, no, I don't have a slot because we are full and all this. So maybe the the fact that we only have very little teams is a reason. Mm. And also this ruling, I mean, I've spoken with some uh management staffs at FAS and all this also. So they ask me, you, do you think this is an issue? I think it is an issue la, because a lot like what I mentioned, a lot of players are left um shortchanged mm. in the situation. And also maybe like how the way the way that they, they treat players also, la, like mm. they leave you because the demand is for under 23 players because of this thing so players who are who have just crossed the age or like slightly older uh, you aren't really a great need to the team now because I have Mm. to fill these under 23 players and also some teams they really use up their foreigners also Mm. so you have four foreigners three uh, under 23 players that leave seven and then you have keeper that's already eight and then so you are left three spots in the team which you're competing against so many players so Mm they don't really feel the need for, for you to be there. La. So it's like, I can offer you this. Uh, You want to take, you take. If not, it's okay. La. Then we'll look for someone cheaper. That kind of thing. So you can see some clubs, you know, they have like the age group between players. Like you have some really old <laughs> and then the other side of the team is really young mm-hmm. who are students or even some from the under 23 teams or under 21 teams, sorry, then uh, who are students. Then you have players who come to training maybe twice a week, thrice a week that kind of thing because mm. they are students we can't blame yeah. them as so. well but they would rather take this kind of place la.
1: so so earlier on in the interview you said that you're officially retiring and I thought I thought there was a you no know, small joke to it la, I know but is it, is it true that you're actually no, la, retiring?
2: no I think I actually have decided la, I mean it's something that I thought oh. about very long and I spoke to my dad about it because my dad has always been an avid like fan like or rather like someone who has actually followed me throughout my career la, like uh, my mom and dad actually both. My mom also is very inclined. She records mm. the games and all this. So mm. it's a bit disappointing, la. I mean, I, I, I'm sad to say that, you know, I didn't make it like into a very big stage. But I think we have to be practical, la, in this mm. situation. In this situation, because like even players like Kasimi also, mm. who yeah. has been a great name, big name, but even you see himself who at a very young age, um, has called it quits, lah. So mm. I think it's, it's a. I mean, like I am done with dealing with these kind of situations, lah. To be mm. honest, like. I don't want to be in a situation where people question me like that. Mm. Like, what do you do? Or what do you have to pay for? Or I have to go and ask them, uh, do you have a spot in the team for me? That kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it's, it's not really a joke like that that we spoke about earlier, but I'm just done with this. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like oh It's a God. it's a yearly mm. thing like, because players like every year at the end of the season, instead of clubs speaking to you, they leave you like in the last minute um, telling you, uh, okay, uh, you want to stay with us? Or like they tell you in the last minute, okay, uh, we will be releasing you. That kind of thing. So it's not a one-time thing, two-time thing. It's like a, every year thing that a lot of players face, la.
0: These under twenty players, are they paid
2: well or? Mm, Then again, I think that boils down to individual basis, Because mm. you have, um, I have known players who were paid three hundred dollars a month. A month. Uh, I I know players who are getting paid thousand plus mm. so I think it's a variety of ranges lah between the salaries so, so for
0: yourself at,
2: when you were at home
0: united how much were you, uh, you, you
2: for myself share. at home united I was still being paid uh, as a primary league player I was being paid 800 and then I think I moved on to about thousand five or something but mm. in terms of home united it was pretty good because yeah. um they give you a lot of benefits, lah, like, because like you have bonus from winning games and all this. Mm. I think these kind of things actually spur players on. Mm. Because you know, you have a lot of add-ons, that kind of thing. So and Home United also had good welfare. Like they provide you with all the necessaries, like um, even like when you go out for training in the morning, then they get you breakfast and stuff like that. So I think these kind of essentials, you know, make you feel good as a player. So yeah. So I think that was a pretty decent stint. And then also, um in terms of pay-wise, I think it was quite sturdy, lah, like, mm. to be honest. Like even in young lines, I think. Players actually mentioned about paying what you deserve, lah. So I think yeah. I w- I would say that I I got what I deserve till up to Warriors, lah.
0: Because Duki was here and he said that, he was paying, he was being paid quite well. Yeah. and he said I don't need that kind of money. I'm just a, I'm just a small kid. Do you think that that was? I, I
2: wouldn't say well, but I would say decent. Something that 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 is sufficient. I would say because. Mm you don't start saving now, when are you going to save? Yeah. Because to be honest, like what I said, football, you don't know whether you ha- you're have you going to, like now you may be having a very good season. Uh, Maybe the last few games of the season you get an ACL injury. Is the club going to sign you the following year? Mm-hmm. No. Like even uh, Chilwey had that kind of situation. So, it's something that's unpredictable. La. So, I would say that money is something that's important because I think people who don't say that it's important is nonsense. Lah, because mm-hmm. everyone's a decent... I wouldn't say like... Or you ask for something that you don't deserve. But something that's decent. Like you feel like, okay, I'm playing at this level. I'm expecting a, within this range, that kind of thing. So, I would say that up till my time at Warriors, it was um pretty decent. Like, I feel that what I deserve, I'm getting it. Lah. Like right before your retirement, how much were you offered? Um, I was actually offered like... <laughs> Uh, recent as of recent being a full-time I mean like a player who played every game I was mm. getting paid uh, $1,200 for as a, as a 24-year-old yes uh, and that was a <laughs> full <Full-timer. laughs> more than a 50% or other I'm not sure how many percent mm. la, there was a severe pay cut mm. but then again um, you know this was on the hope of securing a club for the following year lah. So, like, I spoke to Mr. Eric, he also advised me, I mean, you know, you should see the short-term benefit for, mm. I mean, long-term benefit instead of the short-term loss. Mm. So, I think it also told me, like, okay, maybe, like, what he says has some essence, lah. so, um, he also feels quite shocked that I, I wasn't extended or stuff like that, but, um, so I, I, I was fine with it. So, then again, being paid thousand dollars like, you know, it's a huge pay cut for mm. me, so I was thinking, like, oh, um, should I take it? And then, you know, like the coach spoke to me and all this. So I thought, okay, like just take it lah, fuck it.
1: Mm. It's
2: going to be two months uh, just, you know, like play then hoping for a club next year lah. So mm-hmm. it was a huge pay cut lah. So even then with getting paid uh, that amount, um, I mean, they may classify me as a part-time player lah. So mm. uh, because I'm a student also, but then again, I don't see like any difference between a part time player and a full time mm-hmm. player if you're playing every game now? Like, because if you're telling me that I'm skipping trainings because I got school, uh it's fair enough. But for myself, I make it a point like, like what I mentioned earlier. Because you know, I'm playing games, so I need I know that I have to be there at training. I need to come for trainings, uh so I know what's going on mm. or like, I maintain that kind of fitness and that kind of mind, like, you know, like I'm active to go, that kind of thing. So mm. I make it a point to come training. So I thought, okay, let like, am just, you know, like for the two months, just uh, take it. Lah.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to this under-23 rule, I, there are some people who say that you are not playing, you are not playing for that team and then you are blaming the mm. rule. Then some people, are, then these same people are saying like, if you're good enough, you don't have to worry. What do you say to these people?
2: Um, okay, fair enough. I, I think, you know, like sometimes play, uh, clubs may think that you know, certain players are not competent enough or don't suit their style. But then again, I'm pretty sure that a lot of players who are capable of playing mm. are left stranded because of this ruling. Because like what you mentioned, you're telling me Saiful Lisa doesn't fit into a team? Yeah, true. Yeah. You're telling me players like Khairul Nizam who had mm. so much difficulty to find a club, mm. Uh, mm. couldn't find it. Uh, it's not good enough to play in any team here locally. Mm. So it's a situation where whether they can afford to pay you that kind of thing. You know like um, like whether they can pay you that kind of thing. So like I'm not sure maybe like what you said that has some essence like whether if you're good enough you shouldn't be worried that kind of thing. But then again with all these slots being taken up by under 23 players There's only three slots left. Three slots left. So Mm. I mean let's be realistic I mean out of so many local players how many spots are there left? Do you feel hard done by because I've been sitting
1: down here listening to you for 45 (laughs) minutes with with Kabir right and I've been listening to how you went to Mets, you won the Dollar Casim Award. You know, you, you have some sort of pedigree, right? But because of this under twenty three rule, do you feel like you're hard done by?
2: Ah uh, yeah, definitely, lah, bro. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you have everything high and everything, like everything goes up, like you feel good. Um you 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 want to make it to the big stage and all this then you know you, you start to face the reality so I've actually spoken to a coach who actually um, I don't want to mention his name mm. but he even told me so like he was a previous coach of mine so he actually said like how you know Ara, I, I, I know what's going on I, I mean we all know as coaches you know mm. uh, we know what players actually face at a certain age yeah. but you know when you come to us at 13 years, olds 12 year olds we can't tell you hey uh, don't waste time la, don't play la, this is going to happen Mm. you know they know that okay maybe one or two players are going to make it but the rest of us are like there's going to be left stranded in the situations mm. so he tell me I cannot be telling players these kind of things when they yeah. come to me <coughs> sorry so you know he, he tells me these kind of things. so it's something that coaches actually know so yeah and also like what I said whether you're good or not um, that's secondary but the slots that's limited la, to players so I mm. feel that not just myself but a lot of players are hard done lah. Mm.
0: Would you say that this under twenty under twenty-three rule has
2: heavily influenced your decision to retire? I wouldn't say just the under twenty-three rule, la. I would just mm. say in terms of how things are managed mm. by clubs, coaches, and all these kind of things, lah. So like I think like what I shared earlier, like you do not want to be treated like a kid at twenty-four, mm. lah. You don't want players to uh, I mean management to push you around asking you, Oh, what do you pay for? What are the commitments? I mean, mm. that's not the way to go about it, lah.
0: Can you just expand on that? What did they actually ask you?
2: Uh so actually, um, it was a situation where you know, like the staff asked me, um, oh, how much are you expecting? Did and they call you up for a meeting? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So I was actually, you know, trying to negotiate a contract and stuff like that. Um, that was actually before I signed for Warriors. So um, they asked me like, oh, so how much are you expecting? I mean, uh, we can't pay you as much as we uh, They pay you at Warriors. So I said, uh, it's okay because um, I want something more stable, lah. I wouldn't mind taking a pay cut, but uh, because Warriors had the whole financial situation, yeah. so like everyone didn't receive pay, and only so, um, I I wanted something more stable, so I went to this club. So we didn't re- really re- uh, decide on the, the the wages and stuff. So before everything was decided, I was asked questions like, um, "What do you have to pay for? Mm. Um, do you have a girlfriend? Uh, where is your dad working? Where is your mom working?" So I mean, like. At twenty-three years old, why? I mean, yeah. what, what, what is the important essence in? Yeah. What, what is my dad doing, or what is my mom doing, or what do I have to what pay for? To know. Or I mean, yeah. like. Who asks these kind of questions? Mm-hmm. Like. So it's quite ridiculous. Like, I don't think you ask these kind of questions to everyone, but maybe it's just. You don't
0: ask these questions in, like, in general. Like, yeah, I mean, football, anyone like, who goes like, for a work interview, interview, you, you, you don't <laughs> even ask
2: these kind of questions. Like. So maybe some clubs, you know, like they just see you as young players, you know, they, they get to the push it around. Like, like mm-hmm. why I said, like you want to take, you take. You don't want to take, you don't take that kind of thing?
0: What What do you. What What were your replies then?
2: Um, I mean, I had to answer the questions like, because then again, you know, I needed a club at that age where, you know, I still thought, okay, this is something that I want to do and stuff like that. So. I still have to answer the questions and we went about it lah but yeah so I mean if at this current stage if I'm offered to play before this like before I made a decision like if you ask me like these kind of questions maybe I would have just been straightforward la. I said like you know I, I think this is not important in this kind of thing. so you want to sign me you sign me it's not mm-hmm. if, I mean if, if it's not okay I mean that's like why I said players are left to this situation because they are desperate for the sport like mm-hmm one of my very close teammates also like I asked him hey why you don't want to negotiate like ask maybe slightly higher pay I mean you have been playing in the league for so I mean there's a situation where players are playing in this league for like six seven years another player who's playing in the league for maybe one year Mm. and you are both paid the same wage Mm. so I mean where's the comparison I mean in terms of experience like you go to a job let's say you're working in this field for, like, seven years, you're probably going to be expecting a higher pay rather than a, yeah. a guy who just comes in and for one year. So, like, he tells me, uh, I don't know lah, bro, i rather just take it lah. You know, I'm scared. Later, if I um, negotiate lah, then they say, never mind, we let you know that kind of thing and they won't get back to me that kind oh. of oh. thing. So, I mean, the play has been put into this situation before. You mean that, that happens? Like yeah, that clubs happens.
0: You, clubs will just ghost you.
2: Yeah, so they ghost you that kind of thing. So, like, you know, clubs tell you, like, okay, we speak after the end of the season. Then there's nothing. Even like you physical. text the coach, you ask them uh, anything. Uh, like, hey coach, uh, like maybe, uh, can we work something out like something? kind of thing. Uh, No, sorry, our club is full. That kind of thing. So I, I'm not sure, maybe like they <laughs> don't have a choice because of the wage or the backing from the like top management or even the ruling itself. So it's a very difficult situation. La. I mean, yeah, that's the case. And also sometimes um, as coaches, they don't really have the final say. Eh? You know, some, some of their decisions are very like strongly affected by management. La.
0: So if a club were to come to you right now at this very moment, yeah. would you take would you uh, take the offer?
2: Uh, no lah. I don't think so.
0: Even uh, if they give you like okay, uh, four thousand a
2: month. I think not really lah. I'm not really. I mean, I made my decision already. I know Luki actually said he wouldn't mind
1: because <laughs> you mentioned you're studying now and all. Yeah, so I'm you, studying now, so so prepared to move. Make yeah, make I the think
2: it's something that um has always been instilled in me lah. Like you know, I mean, football some players make it big. Some players don't, so I have to be realistic and you know like uh, I I cannot I have to accept the fact. Okay, I, I mean I made it to a decent level, but I mm-hmm. didn't make it to the top levels. So you know you have to. I mean some sometimes accepting your 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 I mean your I mean accepting what is meant for you is mm-hmm. sometimes difficult lah. Like you know you tell us I it, think now. yeah. So <laughs> I think I have this accepted it lah. I mean this mm-hmm. is where I reached. I mean I'm proud of it. I'm I've made some really good friends. I've made some good networking with people. So for myself, I think it's time for me to focus on mm-hmm. other things and, you know, like start my career elsewhere because I do not want to be starting my career at the age of 30, mm-hmm. 31 at the workforce yeah. or something like that. I mean, it's too late. Lah. I mean, people younger than you are going to be in way senior levels. Lah. So I think maybe it was an eye-opener or something that has always been destined like, uh, for me to you know like move on to other things. Mm. All right.
0: Um, Arvin, thanks for coming. But before we let you go, we have a rapid fire round. Yeah. Five questions that uh, we need an, an immediate answer to. Um Sean, maybe we can take the first two. Uh okay. Who's the
2: toughest opponent you face, Arabin? Toughest opponent. La. Okay. I don't think this is gonna be Rafi la, bro. <laughs> uh, no worries. I that. think it's okay. Opponent or rather teammate. La, I think I would say Ken also. Oh. Uh a teammate that I played with at home because he's really good, he's really strong, he's really skillful. It's really just impossible to get the ball off from him now. During training, la. even in training. La.
1: <laughs> Who's the best
2: teammate that you've played with? Uh best teammate, I think there's many lah, but. Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped, bro. <laughs> uh, okay. Teammate wise, I think uh, uh, uh Kenny Po Yifeng. Okay, okay, because I think Po Yifeng is. I mean, technically, he's good. He's technically very sound. He's like a leader in the team, la. Like you know, like when I was there at Warriors, like he was a player. You know, like um, he he he's, he's there to support you, the kind of thing. So like he always you know guides you um you know like what Coach Ravi said like oh you know sometimes you have to be aggressive in the game mm. that kind of thing. so like you know like someone gets like gets kicked he's the kind of player who like it tells you okay next one must give must give the mm. kind of thing. so I think Po Yifeng is a player that I enjoyed playing with or he's rather a good teammate in that sense I mean not only on the field but actually off the field I think he's mm. a good teammate I still meet up with him and all this yeah
0: alright third question a local pro you really looked up to
2: uh, a local professional that I really looked up to is Bayaki Kaizen uh, yeah because I think he's a very established player he has uh maybe won it all I would say he's been in two very big stages playing for JDT Um, he I, I mean uh, he's some, someone that I looked up to you know like because even off the pitch I think he's quite established um yeah, I think he's a player that I've looked up to, and I, probably another player would be Harris. Uh, as of mm. recent times, you know, he's he's all over the place, lah. Like you know, like you hear him in the news. Like even he's like one of the players who actually make uh, local football being more recognized. Like you know, like he puts that's, the name for us.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Um, fourth question: Your biggest regret in your
2: career? I wouldn't say regret, lah, but maybe something that pulled me off the slopes. So, um, uh, uh, the injuries that I faced, lah. Mm. Uh, um. Probably like because I had some uh, opera- like my, uh, surgeries that I went for and all this. So I think it's something that pulled me back. But in terms of regret wise, um, mm. I don't really have any regrets la, Because I think it was all um, a, a stepping stone or rather something that has shaped me into the person I am today. Because um, I've learned a lot lah, and also mm. made good friends who, you know, are essential mm. even out of my career as a footballer.
1: The finally, what's your wish for Singapore football?
2: Um, the wish for local football, um, I think, is definitely for more privatization. I think a lot of players have mentioned this in the other stages uh, of this show. Uh, like you know, there's, I, and also like how things should be managed, uh, of like by private, uh, play, uh, by privately, and because I think that way clubs have more control over things, and also maybe. Uh, Things, clubs can be run the way they want to la, without any restrictions. And also, um, personally, I also would like uh, things to change in terms of how players are treated. La. I think we have spoken about this the whole time here. Um, about how players welfare and how players are treated. Like, you don't want them to feel like uh, or when you're playing, everything is good. Like you know, like they treat you like, or like they come talk to you. They come treat you like everything is going good. Then after the season, you know, like they don't even bother that kind of thing, So this thing, I think, has been happening every year, like In year in year or that kind of thing. Even staffs have like management staff also have like we speak and all this. Then they tell me like, yeah, I mean, this thing is like you know something has to change, I mean, every year is this situation. So I really hope this situation change. I mean, like um, for myself and all this, we won't really experience like, or we won't really benefit from this. But maybe. Is something that the younger players uh, who actually have potentials to come up to improve. I mean, like to the bigger stages, they 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 get this benefit, mm. All
0: right, Aravin, thanks for coming. We wish um, all the best for your future. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks. thanks for having me over the show. Thanks. You're welcome.
2: Thank you.